Welcome to It's Personal, Not Just Business with your host, Michael Flegelman. In each episode, you'll learn lessons from other successful financial advisors and brokers. You can find this show on YouTube, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on swanwealth.com. Now here's the host of It's Personal, Not Just Business, Michael Flegelman. Hi, and welcome, everybody. My name is Michael Flegelman. I'm your host for uh, It's Personal, Not Just Business, and I'm here with um, someone I, I would describe as a special type of person. Um, it's not just a client. I would consider him a friend. Um, he's an author. He's a financial advisor. Um, he's soon to be a movie producer, um, and he's just a special kind of person that I think that can share so many valuable insights um, with other financial advisors and people in general. Um, recently, I picked up his his book that you could see right behind him, Cape Not Required. And I want to introduce everybody to Mr. Corey Shepard. Corey, welcome. Michael, thank you for that warm introduction. I really want to meet that person that you just introduced. He sounds like an amazing guy. And I, I would echo the same, you know, I love the name of the podcast and for you and me, it's not just business. It is personal. And I, I appreciate you having me on my friend. So excited to, excited to talk. Well, I also love talking about myself. So it was really easy to accept that invitation. So thank you for, thank you for having me on. Hopefully I can say something of some value to everyone you've got listening that'll help them out too. Well, I am 100% confident that there will be a lot of great lessons that you will share because you are a giver. You know, one of the things that I've always um, tried to quickly assess when I meet people, are they givers or are they takers? Um, sure. you know, one of my business philosophies is it has to be a win-win. If you're going to do business with me, if I'm going to do business with you, it has to be mutually beneficial. And in all of my dealings, um, whether it's being that we're in the same coaching programs and so on, I have seen you as being a generous giver of ideas and concepts and strategies. So before we go into some of the questions sure. I want to ask, I wanted to know uh, for our audience, how can people find you? If they're looking for a financial advisor, they're looking for um, you know, an insurance expert, they're looking to do an estate plan, yeah. Um, give us your information so that we could share with our listeners. Sure. And so sfgway.com, where my firm is Sound Financial Group. So sfgway.com is a great way to find links to all of our different resources. The Sound Financial Group podcast is on YouTube and on any, I mean, anywhere that podcasts are available from uh, iHeartRadio to Apple Podcasts. So uh, and we've been we've been doing it for a while, you know, 20, oh, I think 2014 maybe was our first years of doing the podcast. We're, nor we're really getting close to 300 episodes at this point. And we created that podcast to say, what's all the things we would want our clients to know? And let's let anyone else listen in that wants to. So it's basics of financial planning or insurance planning or estate planning or disability planning, but it's also current news we go through a lot of news articles so any of those places would be great to 
catch us and and we're, I'm on LinkedIn. Would love for you to shoot me a note on on LinkedIn and say hi if you wanted to ask a question or or give me a give me some feedback. Terrific. Corey, can you can you share a little bit about your your background, your story, and, and how you got into this business, and yeah, and um, what you do to help your clients? So I didn't I didn't know it at the time, but my journey in this business started when I saw my parents working with a financial advisor when I was in high school, and uh, this is you know it's funny because his model was coming to the house every quarter to sit down at six o'clock at, you know, seven o'clock at night with my parents to go through the the finances. And now I meet, you know, people only on zoom everywhere across the country. I'm never going to someone's house ever again. Not, not that it just doesn't happen. Like it would be hard for me to get on a plane and go to, you know, four States away just to sit down at, at someone's house. So a very different model, but with my dad as a chiropractor and business owner, uh, fast forward to, the end of college. And I knew that I wanted to be in business in some way. I was very entrepreneurial, but I didn't have a passion for medicine and for, you know, anatomy and science. Like my, my dad did, I didn't really have a, a thing. Like I wasn't a programmer. I didn't have a widget that I wanted to sell. I thought, well, what am I going to do? And I realized, Oh, I could be a financial advisor working with people in all these different kinds of businesses and get a taste of each one and still have a way to be really valuable and, and, and just get to experience all these kinds of situations and, and lives that people were leading. So that was really the start. I was a kind of annoying person that knew exactly what they wanted to do with their life really early in college. Like I was interning with financial, different financial firms. I worked for one almost full time, my senior year of college. Like I had my classes in two days a week and worked for them three days a week through the end of my senior year. So I, you know, I was really in the industry even before I had finished school. And then, uh, you know, one thing led to another, uh, I thought I would work for them for maybe my whole career that didn't quite work out. And maybe we can talk about that a little bit later when it comes to challenges that people might face in this business, if you want to go into that, but, uh, found, uh, over the course of a few different, you know, changes in my career, found my current business partners in Sound Financial Group. And we've been, you know, in the insurance agency world, we're a registered independent financial advisor now in RIA. And uh, I won't say the grass is greener. It's just at different lengths and textures as far as the different models of our of our business. But we've gotten to a place that we really, really enjoy where, um, you know, sometimes in the business planning world, there's a phrase called lifestyle business that gets used. And a lot of times it gets used kind of as a derogatory term, like, oh, that's just a lifestyle business. Like you're not growing for like, a, you know, like a tech firm or something like that. Uh, but for me, it's a really important distinction because, you know, I get to work from here, from my home office uh, and was doing that even before COVID, working with clients all across the country. And, uh, you know, I don't have to commute I don't have to travel a lot unless I want to. I get to be home with kids in the morning and the evening and and sometimes in between to go down and say hi. And I get to do really important work with some really great people doing, uh, having amazing high performing businesses out to do great things in the world and have a really good life too. And so that's, that is why I got into this, this business to create, 
to have more freedom to create the life that I wanted to live and help others see that there's more than just one way to do it. It's not, it's not the culturally predetermined, here's the nine to five job and you have to work 80 hours a week and harder work is going to do it. It's not always the case. Like there's different paths to get to a rich life. And the first, first part of that path is just defining what that means for you, which can be different than what the world says. Wow. That, that, that's just terrific. I, I just have, you know, so many thoughts as you speak, Corey, because, you know, I've gotten to know you fairly well over the years and, you know, you have a great life. You have a great, um, a great family. I know you just had your second child. Yes. Uh, your wife. Life is exciting with two kids. It's never <laughs> boring. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, your wife has a full-time job as a doctor and, you're an author, as we could see from the book behind. And recently you shared me shared with me when we were together in Rochester a couple of weeks ago about your newest interest, which is um, the movie business. The or, movie business, yeah. And, and I'd love for you to share because, you know, as I said, the, the name of our podcast is It's Personal, Not Just Business. We're the opposite of that godfather guy in that movie right. who said it's business, it's not just personal. Right. And, and to me, I don't know if you saw 60 Minutes this past weekend, but I watched it and it was this very wealthy guy that just bought this uh, soccer team. And he said to me, he said on 60 Minutes, it's always personal. It's not just business. And I was like, wait a second. That's my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's so true. A little bit about um, when you are going to be the next Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> well, I... I don't, uh, I don't know if that's going to happen, but I've always, I've always been drawn to the world of film and movies and, and Hollywood. I, at the end of college, the, I took a few classes that were the just for me classes, just for fun. I've put in my time. I got all the degree done. I just want to enjoy myself. And those were film classes. And the, I made friends with my film professor because I just kept asking him about the movies, asking him to take me out to lunch after class, talk more. So we became friends talking about movies and, uh, you know, years go by and lots of other things happen in my life and my career. And I uh, make another friend uh, through a, my friend Kirkland, who has uh, got a great business education company called Influential You, which has just been... Uh, instrumental in creating a creating some business environment in our firm where we have a lot of we understand the fabric of what it means for humans to interact with each other to create value uh it's just a quick way of of saying it check them out too influentialyou.com they have some great education on being really effective in life and business and interacting with other other humans and as I'm engaging in that that work a few years ago, I find out that Kirkland's also had a earlier career in producing movies in Hollywood. And so uh, and, and he had gone away from that for a while to start this other company. And I told him, hey, I just want you to know, like whenever the time is right, we should talk about this because I've always wanted to be in part of, of making movies. And so a few more years go by, a few different other pieces come together and uh a few of us that are also friends with him form a film fund, a film development fund called Lantern Tree Media, which we you can look up our website there, Lantern Tree. Um, and we're basically angel investing for movies. So 
we have an agreement with him as the producer to say for you know whatever project he wants to get started, he comes to us to see if we want to put in that initial funding. That might be buying a script. It might be optioning a book to then pay a writer to turn it into a script. It may just, you know, it may be anything like that. It's securing the media rights so that we can then go put this together in a package that you could actually go raise the money to make a movie. So it's some of the riskiest money in in Hollywood. It's some of the riskiest things you could do. I mean, I will say it's a it's a kind of a funny world for me to be involved in when my main career is helping folks make long-term prudent investment advice. Like this is a completely different world. This is not that. And putting money into movies is one of the riskiest things you could possibly do. So what Danielle, that's my wife, and I said was this was going to be my residency in movies. So we're going to put some money in and we may not get any back. And if we didn't, at least I would have gotten the education, the experience of of what that was was to be a producer and to to create the movie. But it's a non-zero chance of getting money back. Like we're doing everything in our power to make it a commercially successful venture because that means more people see those films and the, you know, you have to be passionate about what you're creating. And our goal is to give a voice to voices that haven't been, been heard. And that's, that's what our judgments are for, is this the right project for us? Is it bringing a voice forward that hasn't gotten heard and deserves to now, whether that's, uh, a story about a practice of Midwestern, largely Midwestern police departments in the 1950s, setting up sting operations to catch gay men in the act of being gay so that they could arrest them and put them into mental institutions in prison, or whether that's uh, an NFL strike in the 80s that almost no one knows about and, and we need to hear about to really further that conversation around big money in sports using up players' bodies and not giving them the right compensation for it. Cause most players in the NFL aren't the rich superstars. They really, they really aren't. And so, you know, those are two examples of about 13 projects that are in the works right now. And that really, every, it's everything in between. It's a really wide gamut of stories. And so for me, even if we don't get those, get a lot of financial return back, having put those things into the world is going to make it a, a better place. And we're working really hard to attract the right partners to make sure that it is a commercially successful venture so that we can make more in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that, that's very, very interesting. I, I love the fact that these projects are stuff that you have a passion for, to help, to get the word out, to communicate. Yeah. I remember when I watched that movie Concussion, how I looked yes. at football games ever since then totally differently when those blindsided mm -hmm. hits come where people are using their helmets as a projectile and so on. But I don't want to go down that path too much. Well, here's, I think you make a good point, which is, you know, if, if you're, whoever you are and whatever you're doing, if it's something that you're passionate about and engaged in, it doesn't really feel a lot like that thing we call work that people seem to want to avoid. And, you know, at Sound Financial Group, we don't help folks plan for retirement because we think retirement is an antiquated and out of date word for the kind of life that people want to live into the into the future. It was all well and good when 
retirement was going to last five years. Like you worked for a while for one company after 30 years, they gave you a pension. The government kicked in some social security. You lasted five to 10 years. And maybe that was about it. You know, that was the path say 40 years ago. Now people are getting ready to have uh, more years in retirement than they spent working preparing for retirement. If we go with the old 65 model. So what it and, and so the word retirement, which literally means from the dictionary to discontinue use and put away, right? That that doesn't feel like the life we want to live, especially if you're someone and our clients tend to be people like us who are passionate about the things they are doing, want to put good back into the, the world. If you've been spending 30 years growing your ability to do something valuable that adds value back into the world and creates a better world for other people. Why do you want to just up and stop that right when you're probably at the peak of your, your talents? So it's not about doing or not doing the thing. It's about what, like creating, creating more financial options in your life, knowing you don't have to do it, but you're probably going to still do it because it's fulfilling and wonderful for you. You just don't care about the money piece anymore because your money is, handle like that's what we're all after so we've we've started sound financial group and we built our process to show people how to design and build a good life and we talk about not retirement but dfi or definite financial independence for the sake of a work optional lifestyle because it's not about one day life will be good that's the retirement model is defer it all until one day you can finally flip a switch and you'll finally have a good life I think that's an awful way to go through the next 20, 30, 40 years waiting around for that. Let's let's build a good life you can live now and then figure out how to have it for the rest of your life. So you're getting you're immediately on the right path for for winning. That so yeah, passion's important. That's a long way of saying passion's important. <laughs> well, it, you know, it, you you are wise beyond your years. Um, you know, you're significantly my um human. <laughs> Closer to my children's age. That's but a nice think. way to say it, to take care of you. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, every time I interact with you, I always learn something. And I want to thank you. I, I One of the things that you and your partner, Paul, had done was introduce me to Zoom prior to COVID. Yeah. You know, Zoom took off after COVID um, because it was necessary right. for people to communicate. There were no face-to-face -face meetings. But I remember when we first met years ago, you know, I think Paul or you shared with me a white paper on doing financial advisory work virtually. And it was a game changer for me. I have adopted ideas from you. You talk about a win-win and a lifestyle career. You have helped me utilize this medium, Zoom, so that I don't have to be inefficient. Um, I don't have to That's go great. to meetings and then come back or show up at someone's office and find out that they had an emergency and I drove an hour to get there. Um, so thank you for that. And, and, and I think that you know, your comment about modeling a lifestyle versus the traditional retirement is so valuable. So when you talk about the work that you do for business owners or uh, professionals, um, when you're doing financial planning, it's not just the investments, the insurance, 
the the number crunching right a lot to do with the qualitative parts of what makes up a complete life it seems you know uh there's a there's a really smart guy in the financial industry named michael kitsis and anyone who's a financial advisor listening probably has heard of him uh we subscribe to his his site, because uh, it's a great way for us to get our continuing education done to actually learn something, not just have to go through some some motions like and his uh, he's a thought leader in the industry. And his one of the distinctions he makes is the he makes the uh, the advisors manifesto on a site. And what he means is that to be a financial advisor in the legal sense in our country, you just need to have passed at least one test, <laughs> whether it's a an insurance test or a securities test, like that's all. And and he he says an advisor is someone in the business of actually giving advice and actually you know beyond whatever product might be implemented to fulfill on those strategies. And I think that in the old school model of the financial world it's very difficult to sell something to somebody on zoom. And this is the industry was really worried about zoom. No one could believe that we were doing it. And it's because a lot of folks who were trying to sell products only to people or it's like, you gotta be belly to belly. And I think that that's right. But if you're creating a relationship and offering some, some leadership and some advice and perspective on how to achieve goals that you can do over zoom, and then the things that you do afterward, the blocks that you put in place, the pieces to make that happen become a foregone conclusion. And that and that's really easy to 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 do. So yeah, I think Zoom, you know, and for the record, we it's not that we would never try to meet a client in person and we're not hiding in our in our rooms, but we own we try to get together with clients whenever we can, if we're ever in the same city. As clients, we we reach out, we see if we can get together for lunch, spend some quality time together. But our only rule is we don't talk about their money when we get together in person, and that's because we wanna we wanna take that up. We, we can we can talk like this anytime. So if we're gonna get together, we just wanna like enjoy the time together, their families, talk about life, community, faith, whatever they want to talk about. But we never want their financial future to be dependent on getting together in the same room. So that's why we, we have to say, Hey, like, let's get a zoom next week. If you want to ask me that question, but let's, let's just enjoy each other's time. If we're going to get together, because part of the, it's not just for our convenience that we created this model. We know that folks who, you know, get a promotion, they're working at a fortune 500 company, they get promoted to the next level. That very well might mean changing cities to fit into a different part of that organization. That's the last time they want to have to start over with a new relationship with a financial advisor. That's, they want continuity during that, that opportunity. So here they can start relationship with us wherever they are and continue it wherever they've gone. And so, and so that, that's really why we started it. And then we realized, oh, we can also be wherever we need to be. So when I needed to move from Seattle to Chicago, I could do that and we could keep our business going in a way that wasn't possible prior. It's really an amazing blueprint that you created. You have a financial advisory business where there aren't limitations by geography. Yeah, right. Paul lives in Washington. 
I guess Jackie is in Colorado, you're yes. in Illinois. We've got and, team members in the Seattle area, the Denver area, Chicago, and New York. Yeah. And, you know, uh, that gave me the opportunity when I had an employee who was working for me in New York, and she said, I'm moving back to be with my family back in California to say, you know what? I don't want to lose you. And because I saw how you ran your business, I said, Stacy, you know, I'm going to continue with you. You're just going to work remotely. And we haven't missed a beat. That's, so that's back amazing. to the win-win and it's personal, yeah. not just business. For everybody that we interact with, we have to try and create that win-win. I just wanted to share a little something that just came to mind, Corey. Sure. You know, I just finished a, a, a class that I, I thought was terrific, taught by a really industry um, expert, um, him, uh, Mr. Mr. Dick Weber and yes. Linda Stimak taught a, a class that I just completed where I got a, a certification in um, being a certified insurance fiduciary. And the key thing that I learned from that, you're already modeling and you're doing it through your Zoom meetings by becoming an expert facilitator in decision-making, not yeah. money decisions only, but right. decisions pertaining to people's lives, much more global, much more holistic. And I think that it's really a great, great mantra that you've already encapsulated into your practice that you do that. You are a facilitator of good decisions for your client's best interest. And I, and I just want to share that with you because I thought it was very empowering. And I see that even without the class that I spent 10 weeks doing, that you're already modeling that behavior through the type of holistic financial planning that you do. Um, what do you think? Share well, with so, your thoughts on that. You know, you just brought something to mind for me, which is, you know, and we, and you and I, in some of the studies that we have done, we can draw a distinction if we're being really specific around currency versus money, where currency is the gold coins and the paper or the numbers on the screen. It's a medium of exchange and money is the the kind of value we bring into the world the the value that we add and and so you know I, I we don't need to go too far down that that path but it's something that folks should think about like this numbers on a screen or or paper is like not useful in and of itself right it's just a, everyone says we're going to say it means something but it's really a store of this other kind of value. And so money decisions are meaningless by themselves if they're not in the context of other parts of our, our life. Cause like take everything else out of it. If all it is, is making ones and zeros bigger, you know, on a screen, like what does it actually do for you? If it was just piling paper in your backyard, like dollar bills, like what does it actually do for you? It only is valuable if those strategies and decisions are made in the context of something else that we want in life something that is bigger. bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. So Corey, share with us a little bit about the type of clients that you want to work with, uh, the type of yeah. people that uh, are a good fit for sound finance. Absolutely. So I love real. I really love working with physicians uh, because my wife is a doctor, and I just can't help learning about that world. I mean, I had to learn 
a lot about her world for our own financial planning and understand all the choices she had to make and how make and how student loans work for her and thinking about things like disability for for physicians and what their trajectory looks like. So I I love working with doctors on any step in the along the way. I love working with physicians that just came out of their training, just came out of residency and they and we call it the white coat window. A unique uh, a unique stage that doctors get to that's very different than most professions because most professions slowly incrementally you increase your income over time a little promotion here a little raise here physicians are way underpaid in the marketplace and that's a whole other conversation about how doctors are treated today the short answer is they really are uh underpaid labor for a lot of their years of of training and we need to change that situation uh it's not as a very sympathetic conversation because folks think of doctors as making a whole lot of money, but you spend seven to 10 years getting underpaid and accruing a huge amount of loans. And then that's a big iceberg to work your way out of. Uh, so when it, you know, um, so that's, that's a whole other passion project of, of mine that I'll start to build some, some value around, but maybe, make doctors, a movie about. <laughs> maybe we'll make a movie about that. That's a way to get some attention. Uh, the white coat window is you come out of your, your training and, income could double, triple, quadruple, 10x in one year. And so you have an opportunity in a short amount of time to make a large amount of decisions and put a plan largely, never completely, but largely on autopilot and know that if you just stay that course 20, 30 years down the line or less, you'll be just in great shape. I love helping some a physician put those plans together early on and, and just know that they're on a great course. Because I've seen a whole generation of physicians that were you know, acting like they thought a doctor should, buying the house they thought a doctor should, or the car that a doctor should, and not doing the things that they ought to for themselves to prepare for the, the future. And now 65, 70 years old, and they're really not in a position to retire many of them it's the baby boomer generation of of doctors so i want to help change that course uh, i also love working with you know executives in in large companies middle managers to c-suite you know folks that have some stock options and the 401k and all these different pieces that they're in usually really busy lives because they're paid well by their corporations but also demanded a lot of by their corporations and so it, similar to doctors like I love working with really smart people who have spent a lot of time and energy getting really good at a thing, which has not left them a whole lot of time and energy to study the money side of things. They they could if they wanted to, they don't. They could if they had had time or decided to go in that direction. So it's not that they can't, but it's that they are making the best use of their time by us spending some time together to create that that value and me helping them just have more time to do the things that they're great at. Very good. Thank you so yeah. much for that. I know that you also work with other types of people, such sure. as other financial advisors that might want to affiliate with your firm, uh, might want to join in with your, your culture that is very rich mm -hmm. and experienced, and they may not have that experience. Or I know you've also worked in partnership with accounting firms and so on. Can you share with the audience uh, a little bit yeah. about 
what Sound Financial and you and Paul do for those types of people? Absolutely. So one that, you know, for the sake of time, I'll just pick one case study here that I'm really passionate about, which is, uh, you know, a lot of CPA firms, accounting firms are, you, you know, they understand a lot about money and and tax and really the fundamentals of investing. And they want to add an asset management arm, helping clients with their investing alongside the tax advice that, that they give. And it's really logical case to make because they're already really smart in all the areas of money necessary. There's just maybe some very niche specialized knowledge on how to run that part of a, a business. And the problem is they're really busy doing the work that got them there in the first place, the accounting strategy, that those things that they are really truly experts in. And so they probably have to hire another team member to help with that side of things, you know, hire a CFP, which like me, I have the CFP and CHFC designations, uh, you know, hire some kind of financial advisor that could run that side of the business and work with their clients and diversify that, that, you know, their business income streams. Well, that means they're going to be riding negative on revenue for a while as they hire, you know, probably a six figure expense to build that part of their, their firm and slowly build up the revenue on that on so you know it could be we penciled it out in a lot of firms best case scenario it's a five-year break even before it's actually profitable for having done that so instead we built built out a model where they could hire us as their outsourced asset management arm they have a client that they see needs that help they can introduce them to us and we've created an agreement in the already that they also become an RIA, which is not hard for CPA firms to do if they want to go to that trouble. And we can share revenue from the beginning. So they're, they're getting less revenue in the door, but they're getting no fixed expenses in the door. So we share revenue from the beginning. Good for them. Good for us. And then as it grows over time, one of two things can happen. They're either really happy with that situation where they get additional revenue, their clients are helped and they don't have any other complexity. Or they say, great, we understand how it works and we see what the revenue stream is gonna be. And for a predetermined and ultra fair amount, they buy us out of that, help have helped build that part of their business, put in the person that they wanna put in and then they're revenue positive at every single step of the way. So. I, it's really, it's a really cool model because of how the accounting industry is changing. So many accountants, there's downward pressure on tax return business because of the, of AI and all these other, you know, automated systems that people just, it's harder and harder to show people. And I have a hard time introducing some of my clients to the CPAs. I know they ought to be working with because they are not interested in paying what they have to pay to get that really good advice. I try to show them like, no, this is super, super important for you. And it's going to save you money in the end. But so anyway, CPA world is forced getting some pressure on one side from the parts of their business. So it, I, we would love to help some CPAs continue to build out other parts of their practice and, and work together in that way. Excellent. Corey, you know, we, um, we love working with you and your Same. team. And um, I just wanted to just, uh, conclude this with asking if there's anything else you wanted to share with our listeners today 
um, any life lessons, anything that comes out before we conclude today that you think is valuable? So, uh, you know, the media is always big in our, in our minds because the, the greater, whether it's financial media or the media as a whole, the job of media is to engage our attention. That's their, their job. If we're reading a magazine, us as the readers of the magazine aren't the clients of that magazine. We're the product delivered. Our eyeballs is the product delivered to the advertisers in that magazine who are the real clients of that publication. So, uh, and that doesn't mean we can't have really good content coming out of the media. We absolutely can. In the financial media sector, we need to know that, you know, their job is to create an emotional response to get more, more attention. Sometimes it's worth the attention. Sometimes it's not. So we have to think really critically about what that article is trying to accomplish and not accept any of the assumptions that happen, especially early in the article as truth, unless we've verified them. So the long and the short of it, we did a podcast episode about a, some guys who had made a video about going on Twitter and tweeting to Elon Musk, who has you know, recently become the owner of, of Twitter and supposedly Elon responded back. And there were some crazy things in the conversation. And our point was, you don't know if it's real or fake. They even had his voice in part of it, like a recording of a voicemail that he left, which is really easy to fake with AI, AI now, deep fake. So you can record videos that are fake really, really easily. Mm. So our whole point is it's getting harder and harder to know what's real or fake. And so in the financial world, the media shouldn't be the reason for you to make a short-term decision on your money. Like the thing that's happening in the world right now, like let's plan our, make our financial plans in a way that we don't have to react to that thing that we just saw five minutes ago on YouTube because we don't know if it's real or not. Like mm. that's really important. Don't even try to tell if it's real or not. Just don't even use it to make, <laughs> make your choices. Well, that's, that's I, I like love to- that. You know, valuable lessons. I, I would describe that as a tremendously valuable lesson. As so often I have find myself reacting rather than properly responding. Right, right. And, um, you know, I, I, I love the analogy and uh, very valuable information. I'm sure that anybody who engaged Corey and his firm will find this to be just the tip of the iceberg of valuable lessons that you will learn. Corey, before we conclude, just one more time, share with us a little bit about how the people can reach out oh, to yeah. you, whether they're financial advisors, doctors, lawyers, yeah. whatever they may be. Um, contact Corey. At- so you, yeah. So sfgway.com is our website. Sound Financial Group, W-A-Y, sfgway.com, like the SFG way. <laughs> and uh, on our website, there is a button to request a consultation. Uh, you can put in a couple of notes and someone from our team will reach out to have a have a quick chat. It might be me if you're if you're lucky. If I'm lucky, I'd love to talk to you. Uh, you can also email info at sfgway.com and someone will reach out to you if you have a if you have a question. We 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 throw that out on our podcast a lot and I'll throw it out here. If you have a question about anything we heard, just because you're a listener 
of Michael's podcast. We'd love to see if we can, we can help or at least point you in the right direction. Awesome. Corey, I want to thank you uh, for taking the time. Uh, I know your time is valuable and joining us today. And I wish you and Danielle and your two little guys, peace, health, success, and most important, happiness. Well, thank All you, Michael. You, and thank you for participating. I appreciate it. And I, I really love being on here. Thanks for the, the invite. This is a cool thing that you're doing. So always good to spend time with you. Thanks so much. You've been tuning into It's Personal, Not Just Business with your host, Michael Flegelman. Each episode features role models and lessons from other successful financial advisors and brokers. Thank you for your positive feedback, comments, questions, and for sharing this show with others.